0: Hello, it's the Fulhamish Podcast, your regular feed of Fulham goodness, seasoned with a bit of knowledge and a shed load of guesswork. My name is Sammy James, and the final countdown is on for the season. How up then that I'm firstly joined by the man who hates Europe, Don Betts. Hello, hello. I couldn't have planned this any better with your Union Jack Bucket hat in
2: hand. Yeah. Of course. I mean you know, I need to look stylish in the nice summer weather, don't I? And fit your political slogan. Exactly
0: ideology is probably the word i was actually looking for there uh next up we have the man who can definitely count three two one it's nick McMe. hello how you doing
1: i'm very well thank you
0: we're all reeling after the fact that you told us you had steak for breakfast
1: well it's a, it's a very healthy you know breakfast so you throw some eggs inside it. it's a it's a nice and nourishing breakfast what can i say it's decadent is what it is it's a very expensive breakfast i mean i'd cheer well, look it's not like i eat this every day <laughs> i mean it is day. a monday well, you know, Monday's a shit day, so Maybe shoot yourself up. You I knew guess. you were
0: coming on the podcast, so Ex- I guess you thought, I've got to prepare myself. Just be as full exactly. as possible
1: and have a s- <laughs> steak and eggs <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Uh, and it's the difficult second podcast for George Cooper. Yeah,
3: mate. How's it going?
0: Are you, re- are you ready for this? Often the, the, the second podcast can be the podcast that, that makes or breaks dreams.
3: Oh, no, I feel... Yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Let's <laughs> so hope it goes as well as um, I
0: anticipate it will. Let's hope it's not <laughs> a Huddersfield Town. Right. <laughs> Loads to discuss today. The West Ham game on Saturday. Uh, Anguisa, Harvey Elliott, the championship season as a whole. And of course, that big game at oakwell against barnsley on saturday let's start off with the west ham game the final pre-season um, nick you were there fulham weren't brilliant came out on the end of a one nil defeat weren't awful at the same time was there too much that you could read for from saturday
1: i don't think there's too much you can really read from pre-season but i think these...
0: So if you can read it from any pre-season game, though, it is the final one for yeah. the season. No,
1: but that's what I was going to say. But I think you saw like, you, um, Scott Parker was going to stick with the 4-3-3, which we've had for about three seasons now. Uh, there's a lot of differences already, I've noticed, um, compared to, say, Slavicia Kanovich as of Claudio Aranio, or even last year's of Scott Parker. For example, I think it's quite interesting that we've brought Dennis Adoy back to fullback at right-back especially, rather than... Going back to centre back. I mean, well, he did move th- to uh, centre back after Alvy Mawson went down after about one minute into the second half, which mm. is a big worry already for us. I mean, we're already thin on the defensive line already. So, But I think, in terms of just the overall structure, we're starting to see a style of play more, which is much more, a bit more compact defensively. Like, you're not seeing the full backs charge forward, but you're also seeing um, more emphasis placed on the wingers kind of cutting in, trying to be creators. Like, I think. Abubakar Kamara, when he came on, he was a huge threat, especially for West Ham. Probably should have scored twice, dragged his uh, two shots across the far post. Doesn't both sound times. like him. Yeah. Well, literally I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think you can't really read too much in these preseason games. I mean, you'll find out more from probably the first actual game, which is, of course, Barnsley this weekend. Um, but I think there's definitely positives. But at the same time, the massive worries is obviously Johansson and Mawson Mors- going off in these games which is not what you want to all from pre-season
0: Yeah well it looks like Johansson's going to be okay from all the reports I read and as you say the Mawson one did look particularly troubling I- I've seen some rumours on Twitter that the Mawson injury isn't as bad as we first suspected but it's difficult with, with Alfie and it would be such a setback if, if he's not available for-, for the start of the season Um, Dom how happy would you be on a scale of 1 to 10 if on Saturday, or let's say when the transfer window closes, which would be the Blackburn game, uh, the back five is Bettinelli, Brian, Mawson, Lamarchand, and Dennis Adoy at right back, as we saw against West Ham.
2: I still think a right back needs to be brought in because then, realistically, you've got Adoy and Christie. Adoy, I don't really know what his best position is. Christie, I don't want to sit anywhere near the first team. And then you've got Stephen Session, who's unproven. So I do think, you know it we weren't exactly defensively solid when we got promoted last time no we did have bombing fullbacks in Fredericks and Target who we now no longer have so as much as Brian is a competent champion of fullback I do think that the defence does need strengthening especially in the fullback areas just because if you look at Joe Brian for starters who's the backup left back like for me, there isn't one.
0: It's Maxime Le Marchand, yeah. probably, isn't it? And
2: for the system we're going to play, it's, that's certainly not going to work. So I think full-back area does need strengthening. And, if more, and with Morse's injury, I do think one more centre-back to be brought in would be nice. But again, that's in an ideal world. But I do think fullback is an area we need to press on with in the transfer market over the next 10 days
0: um rest of the squad you had a midfield trio of kearney Johansson, mcdonald will come on to the departure of anguisa uh in just a little bit uh, and then the front three of cavalero mitrovic Knockart, george you I, I mean surely it seems to be the case that that is going to be the midfield three and the front three for the majority of the season, unless any more transfers come in.
3: Yeah, it would it would seem that way. But then, again, relating to what Dom said, I think we're painfully thin in the midfield as well. I mean, we've got an ageing, well, i will say ageing, but he's getting on a bit, K-Mac, he's injury-prone. Yeah. If you get two more nasty injuries to Stefan and K-Mac, we're, we're very, very, very light on our feet. And we need to bring in another central midfielder, uh, I would argue as badly as a wing-backs back, wing and central central defence.
0: But maybe, Matt, we have got some centre midfield cover. You, we always forget about Ibrahim Asise, here we go again. <laughs> um, and Matt O'Reilly, of course, yeah, in the middle, who could potentially do a job.
3: Yeah, I agree. I would love to see Matt Riley come through. I mean, I saw today he's been linked with... Uh, a ho- he's always described as a host of Premier League clubs, but they never actually go into detail as to who mm. these clubs are. And he's been linked with uh, Bundesliga as well. He's been
2: linked with Dortmund over the last year or so.
1: Yeah. There was a report on Sky about Copenhagen, which is quite interesting. And he's
2: going on Jesse Jornan, is he? Over at, over Copenhagen?
1: Yes, well, Joranen's gone to Brescia. Oh, he's moved across to the Italy, now, Italy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a starting, potentially starting Serie goalkeeper out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think, but I think with I think with the problem with midfield again with uh, with Anguissa we thought he might stay we thought okay we've got the cover there but even then we we I think I don't know if we spoke about it last week we've, we've definitely spoken at some point that if K Mac does get injured uh, you've, I know you've got a Cesar there but there's no backup there is no like Norwood type player mm-hmm. within the squad I guess you could argue if Harry Arta was to come in then he would be that squad central midfield player but as we are very light in our squad in general I, th- I feel I yeah. don't. F- I feel like we've got a really decent championship starting 11 but part- after that who else do you have you- you're you relying on us getting no injuries like luckily we did do in the two seasons we did fairly well in-, in the championship apart from obviously when Kearney got injured but Yeah, we 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 are. And we had that depth
0: because we had a player like Lucas Piazon, but you imagine that Fulham are gonna plug those squad depth gaps probably with with more loans and obviously we've got we've got three. But one
2: thing in this transfer window is in seasons past we've been linked with players throughout the window and then they've got done, but I feel like we're not really being linked well I know you can't really judge that because you know certain transfers come out of nowhere kind of like the Anthony Knockout deal yes it was murmured but then it sort of came out of nowhere across one day and then I mean you said two weeks ago that yeah. you couldn't see him possibly signing yeah. and then it was, what five days later he joined the club so I think that I, I, did, I think,
0: did we need to bring that Yeah,
2: up? <laughs> we. Are, I mean most weeks for the rest of the season now I think there we go. Until, until the next transfer window but no I do think we need to be Proactive in the transfer window. It's not like we need to bring in necessarily loads of quality players in, but players who are going to bulk up our squad and add depth to it. Because at the moment, for me, yes, we've got a good starting eleven, but past that, really, what is there?
0: Um, some things never change, and uh, Fulham are still weak from crosses and uh, weak at defending set pieces. We had Marcus Bettinelli actually to thank Ooh. for the for the score not being um, greater to West Ham. On on one hand, I felt like some of his Cross ability, crossing catching ability was a bit off, but his shot stopping on on Saturday was was definitely on form, and particularly the corner at the beginning of the second half where he made was it almost like a triple save in the end, wasn't it, um, yeah. to, to deny West Ham? So kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other from Marcus Bettinelli. I don't know whether to be pleased or pleased or disappointed.
1: Well, you know his shot stopping has always been the best of his abilities. We know that very well. He's a you know a Premier League level shot stopper. Um, the thing that worries me is on Saturday, every other aspect of the, his game was really poor. His kicking was poor. His positioning was poor. If you saw the last minute, uh, Andre Yamalenko miss an absolute sitter mm-hmm. where he got caught out for a corner. Um, he is coming back from injury and you know a, a long-term injury as well, which really do affect goalkeepers. So I guess it will take time to bed in. But at the same time, you kind of want to see a Marek Roddick stuff, for example, got high reviews from Rotherham fans and not exactly the best team. You know, a team that faced lots of shots as well. So, are we competent with Marcus Bettinelli in goal? I'm not really sure, but at the same time, we do have an in house replacement, Marek Roddick, who I think would be pretty competent if we were to go with him.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not too worried. As I said, I think having that healthy competition, I'd like to see Marcus keep the number one spot and start with the number one spot. And then if, if, continues some of this poor form particularly on other aspects of his game other than shot stopping and then we have a ready made replacement ready to go in, in Rodak and I think but most I, I,
2: the weirdest thing about Fulham goalkeeping situations is, is we so often never stick with the same goalkeeper for the entire season we've had Button and Bettinelli fight him, we've had Rico Fabri and Bettinelli fighting we have we had, we had Lonergan Karali and Bettinelli <laughs> you had who you got your your play you've played games even you know we, we, was it Martin Steckenberg and David Stockdale fighting for the number one jersey mm. we haven't really had a solid number one goalkeeper who's there you know 30-40 games a season since Mark Schwarzer left the club
0: no precisely I think that's a very very good point every season there's been a bit of a debate and actually it would be nice to have that solid number one in between the sticks
1: the thing is though is that Mark Schwarzer was easily like a top 10 goalkeeper in the Prem week in week out with Marcus Bettinelli You know, it's it's so inconsistent all the time. Like the shot stopping and positioning errors. But he never
2: gets to start a season. He always has to work his way into the squad. But Button, all the seasons always start ahead of him. And you know, and then obviously you got that serious injury away to Hull, and then obviously Anthony Lonergan came in. We even have Richard Lee's not play a game, but came in as an emergency left from Brentford back at the end of one of the seasons. So I think that. You know, yes, we, we've got great goalkeeping options in the likes of Bettany-Rodak and Fabry still somehow at the club. yeah. But, um,
0: we are we are discounting Fabry.
2: Because if you look at all three goalkeepers on paper, you, you, Fabry's the best one out of three. Well, well, yeah, well,
0: he's got Champions League experience yeah. and 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 everything else, but I think after last season, I <laughs> go got
2: the track record. But I think yeah, but if, you, if you look at all our three goalkeepers across the thing, I think if you if if you're looking at how many, I think saves per game, he was the highest. I know he he was playing Palace <laughs> and Spurs, and I don't think saves per game really is a stat you can really go by at all. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think he will be off. I can't see him staying and being our third choice goalkeeper.
0: Well, no, nor can I. But there's been absolutely. No rumours. He seems
2: happy in all the pictures. from them been posting on social media. So. Oh, he always looks go. happy. Though. Yeah, he does always look happy.
0: Too. <laughs> happy Fabry, um, Nick. I sadly wasn't there on Saturday. How did it feel inside the stadium, minus one stand? I mean, the photos looked bizarre. The photos coming from the Johnny Haynes just looking at this bare Riverside stand that's that's seatless, and there's a there's a small little gantry that's been put up. In, in, as like a temporary measure for for the television cameras i quite like that when it pans extremely far to the left or right to the near corners um you get that loftus road style pillar um kind of almost half blocking it but i guess what can you expect
1: from 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 some
0: scaffolding but what what did it feel like inside the ground
1: i mean 50% of the ground was filled with west ham fans but like aside from that it was pretty bizarre just like One side is, as you said, completely empty. Like I saw my old seat just completely torn out, felt a bit of sadness almost. (laughs) But it's strange though, because there's this massive cover over like where the coaches and players or substitutes all sit. And then you've got just a massive wall of cameras there uh, because obviously they've taken out the uh, camera wells and stuff from above the stand and that. But the atmosphere is going to, I mean, it's already, it already was lacking before. It's not going to be exactly what I yeah, think it's going to Yeah,
2: but you can be. also say it won't really take a hit because it was coming from the riverside stand.
1: Yeah, that's true, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, Yeah, but it's not necessarily just song singing and, and like the actual noise from the riverside. The ambience of 6,000 people suddenly missing from half the ground does does feel weird
2: yeah no
1: it will be it will be a very weird
0: who gets the ball if it gets kicked in the stand is there just going to be one man like doing there was a few builders there there
1: was a few builders who got you know to watch the game for free lucky you know lucky people I guess got to
0: watch a pre-season friendly between Fulham and West Ham that would have otherwise cost them 20 pounds I mean it did seem full of West Ham fans I saw that James Corden was there and um, Bobby Zamora and Bo- yeah oh
3: but- was that where that photo on the Fulham Instagram yeah came from?
0: that's where that came from yeah
3: that made me sort of cringe a bit because he's not he, there was obvious that the occasion that off was obviously we're both West Ham fans yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a little bit odd yeah I had um, some
1: very Dom inspired thoughts of get out of my country when I saw the James Corden Instagram photo <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, sadly, Fulham didn't produce the Late Late Show and it stayed 1-0 to uh, West Ham in the end. Lanzini's goal was the difference. As you say, Kamara had um, a chance late on to to level it, but it never really looked certainly as far as the highlights suggested that, that Fulham were going to get back into the game. Um, Let's move on um, from West Ham. Um, let's briefly talk about the Oxford game, which was on Tuesday. Uh, Anthony Knockhart got his first goal on his first appearance for the club. Uh, a lovely, sumptuous um, free kick. Good to see him getting off the ground and there's going to be some competition over who takes the free kicks this year.
3: Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, uh, we all know TK loves to step up. Steph uh, Joe scored a few in his yeah, time. Yeah, Steph Joe as well. Um, and Misfits even chips in from time to time. But what a free kick that was! It was. Be, it could not have been any more perfectly placed to yeah. get it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's uh, who's taking them this season. I think it will be a rotation. I can't see the. I can't see that. Um, Kenny's going to be able to keep hold of them throughout the
0: whole season. But. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so let's talk about uh, the transfer that happened on Friday night. Now, Fulham have really made a habit of announcing transfers at, at slightly unsociable times. Um, Sunday mornings seem to be a, a real favourite of Fulham at the moment. Um, we've had one on a Saturday and now we have a transfer departure on a Friday evening. Certainly as, um some people trying to run a kind of Fulham media account it is a little bit annoying to say the least but anyway that's my moans out the way the biggest moan is that frank zambo anguisa Anguisa, has departed on loan to Villarreal, and i didn't see this coming i didn't see it coming at all up until obviously it was a couple of days before the rumors were coming in he hadn't featured much in pre-season but i really thought dom that anguisa was going to be a pivotal part of our promotion push and in my eyes i sadly now was considering us as almost certain bankers for, for top two when you look at the squad on paper, maybe short of a, a centre-back or a right-back. And, and now, I, I think we're back to playoff contenders. That's how important I feel like Anguissa would have been in the centre of our midfield.
2: Yeah, we, I wouldn't say we're now back to just being playoff contenders. I still think we are one of the favourites for the league because if, you if you're comparing our team to Cardiff's and Leeds, who are, I think the other two favourites, it's still pretty much similar I wouldn't say their midfield any either reveals or that much better than ours but yeah Anguissa was a huge loss because obviously he was in the kit release thing everyone assumed he was going to stay he started on the party, he started sort of coming to himself started playing really well and thought he was going to be the Yaya Torre-esque player of the championship and then obviously the rumours Valera- there weren't any rumours for him going anywhere over the entire summer because his stock had fallen so badly you know obviously he came for 30 odd mil pounds from Marseille after being a really good player for them in their Europa League run to the final under Rudy Garcia and yeah it's annoying because we thought he would be the play. you know Kevin McDonald holding him in the middle and Kearney in behind the front three but I mean I'm not too bothered in one sense because him and Seri are two players I wasn't bothered about leaving the club as much this summer just because I think and I do want them to go I don't want them to come back because I think if you if they do come back and we get promoted let's say and they come straight back into the team you have the same problem you had last season where you have players who get you up promoted and on championship wages and then you have these two big players coming on Premier League from, a, from from France and they're almost double what some players are earning so I do think these players should just be moved on permanently next summer and yeah it's annoying but it, it now means as we mentioned earlier we just have to strengthen the middle of the part now because after K-Mac Johansson and Kearney we, there isn't any players you could see even if we're actually even challenging them for the first team
0: precisely I mean I, I, I agree with you as well regarding this possibility of Seri or Anguissa coming back if we got promoted I mean I know there's no room for sentimentality in football but that is a bad look, isn't it if we sign players and put them in the team when we're in the premier league they they poodle off for a season off to, to warmer climbs while we're we're slogging it in the championship and then as soon as fulham potentially get promoted oh no come back in here's a what, sentiment what's it's like
2: if we when we loaned out uh costas metrogloos let's say we got promoted in that season he came back and was our starting striker up front that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good idea at all so I think, yeah, these players see it didn't work last season they've been waste of money I don't care what anyone says they they we spent well, we don't have how much to spend on say but we spent near a forty forty five million pound on them, both of them they haven't they haven't they haven't worked and they have been a waste of money and it's just time to get some money back on them whether it's this season or next season it's a shame for FFP for us that we're not getting the money straight away just because then it would have would allowed us to spend more money in this transfer window on permanent players but yeah, I think it's time to just move on from both those players.
0: It is really, really sad, though. And I and whilst I really wasn't disappointed to see Sarri go, because I weirdly couldn't see how he was going to improve our team with Tom Kearney there. And is a, a beast, and we saw that towards the end of last season, that he really, really can dominate games. He was, he was you know, ma- man of the match against teams like Liverpool and Man City and really caused them a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he did. He was, he would have fit perfectly in that number eight role next to K-Mac and Kearney. I mean, perfectly. I think, as Dom said, <laughs> it's probably a bit hyperbole, but really would have been at least the Yaya Tour of the championship. He's a really talented player, but at the same time, you've got to take into financial considerations. I mean, the wages probably were just too much. and yeah, yeah You'd assume with
2: Sarri and Anguissa, Gala and Villarreal playing 100% of the wages, surely.
1: Yeah, and there's supposedly an option to buy, which... Uh, Villarreal are probably a well-run club and they've probably got a cheap option like Galatasaray do have at least with a player of series quality So I don't think we'll see those two back next season, which is a shame because I I was a huge fan of Zambo Like his statistical profile was basically plastered all over the internet from his Marseille days. It's outstanding Um, It just hasn't worked out, um, which is a shame and um, yeah, I think we have just got to move on and find replacements quickly Uh, I'm aware that this is a very unpopular opinion amongst the
3: Fulhamish ranks but I, I'm I'm glad to see him go mate I I thought he okay. was I he, so inconsistent and I think all of the talk of him being uh, it would have been a fantastic asset in the championship is purely hypothetical I think he was far too inconsistent and I think that I, I had a little look at sort of what the Marseille fans were saying when we brought him over and they, they were all were, delighted they were all delighted they were gas. they were like how on earth have we got this amount of money from from Fulham. they And they said exactly the same things. It was just inconsistent. You didn't know what player you were going to get. Granted, you have these mi- brilliant matches like the one against Liverpool where he sort of people are like, oh, he's got undeniable talent. But if you're only seeing that like five games a season. But he
0: did put it some consi- consistency together towards the end of the season once he got a solid space in the squad, once he had a solid manager who trusted him in Scott Parker. I feel like we did see. Yeah, but I also think there was more
2: reasons to try and move him on than to keep him at the club 100%. Because yeah. Yes, we have. You've seen him play well in good games, but we've seen lo- we've seen loads of Fulham players who are definitely absolute pony who've played well in good games. So I think that yes, you can. We can. You, we as we said, he could have been this Yaya you know, of the championship, but we really don't know. Yeah, because we hadn't seen him play at this level. I think is another point to put across. But yeah, for me, it was more annoying that now we've just lost. Depth in our midfield completely, mm. and it now means we need to go out and secure some centre midfielders. Because you know, if Anguisa was there, he might not necessarily have started, but it would have provided us with an extra player who can. You know, he, I wouldn't, he's not really an anchor man at all, but you know, he could play there if an injury crisis.
1: That's that's the huge like bug for me is that this hap- happened like fairly late in the window because obviously the window for championship cl- um, clubs is now a lot earlier than it was last year. We can't. We only have about what two weeks until the window closes. Ten days. I think, ten next days. ten yeah, days. Yeah, to find a re- you know a replacement. That's a frustrating thing. Of course, in England, it doesn't exactly operate like Germany in the transfer market, where seemingly everything is done early. That's how it is, but it's just frustrating. I feel um, Tony Khan's got something in the pipeline. I don't think he would have left
3: us this exposed with this. Shorter time. I really hope that I don't eat my words when we when we speak next. But there's got to be something coming in.
0: Uh, You just worry that it's going to be another late flurry. It's going to be another five signings at.
2: Yeah, we do that every single transfer window.
0: Ten to five.
2: But we do that every year. All we always end up with these random players. Even not. I'm talking about when when we spent 100 million pound in the Premier League. I'm talking about just random transfer windows in seasons gone past where we end up with random players brought in on deadline day who will see you play about two or three times and who aren't of any use to us whatsoever.
0: Well I thought we were gonna be a bit smarter than that this summer, I think was, was with my interpretation. I think
2: we just I think he might have just prioritised making his first team squad look really good. In you know, our attack look very good, but you know, you in a championship. You know how much of a squad you are going need. The likes of a Kalas, a Piazon, uh, Oliver Norwood. You know, even if you look at the, I know Shea Ojo wasn't exactly the greatest player, but he provided depth in the wide areas. Yeah. You know, we j- and you know we. It's just it is worrying that there we there isn't this 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 depth in the squad at the moment because you know our centre midfield depth is our youth academy at the moment.
0: Well, maybe a bit of depth might be provided by Josh Onama, who was spotted at reportedly spotted at Craven Cottage so, you know, so it right?
2: looked really photoshopped by the picture <laughs> but then someone posted like a video of him walking around okay so he was there yeah he was there it's just the, the picture that was posted just looked really really well <laughs> photoshopped
0: well obviously he might be joining from Spurs where Scott Parker has good context one would presume it's part of the Ryan Sessegnon deal which still hasn't happened you uh, told me last week you thought it was going to happen
2: yeah I did think it was going to happen this week because I don't, I don't see what's holding it up
1: well, we didn't see what was holding up, what, a month ago? Because he's, you know, says, supposedly said he wanted it done before the under 21. Yeah,
2: well, I just, I just don't understand what's holding up. Like, we need to sell him.
1: Daniel Levy. He's not
2: going to sign a new contract. But I, now I, Scott Parker is going to I don't think it's Daniel Levy. I think it's us. I think it's us trying to get something back from Spurs. Well, if I'm being honest, mate, I don't actually want Joshua and I want a club because again yes we're getting something from Spurs but we're still playing the players' wages who if you said without if you take the session and do it out of context oh would you want Joshua Anonema I'd probably say no
0: but hang on you just came on and said we need players of like Piazon and Kalas and Shea Ojo to, to fill the squad and, and create yeah, depth I, surely I don't Joshua Anonema would be like
2: if you've if Joshua Anonema and I know we're looking Harry Arter but I'd much rather have Harry Arter as a squad player than Josh Anonema okay why because I just feel like he's 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 more versatile. He's in he's more experienced in the championship. Has Josh Onoma ever pr- really impressed in the championship? No, he hasn't. Whereas Harry Arta has. Name me a, name me a time when Josh Onoma has shown you that fitness is a player. But you could have, have said afford. the same.
0: You could have said the same about Lucas Piazzo and hadn't really impressed in the championship. It was terrible for Reading and then came to us and Was half. Onoma easy. was
1: also part of the Aston Villa side that got to the playoff final, and you know. Lost against us as well, so that's still a fairly decent track yeah, record he, in my books. He, yeah,
2: but he's not. I just don't. I think Josh on and Wig they're giving us because it's who Spurs want to give away. It's not because mm. we actually want it. If, because I'm for me, if you if I am looking at players in the Spurs, there is not really any of their players I really want. I'd rather just. I don't want to take players for the sake of taking players from them when we can get we can pay those wages, to get someone better in on loan.
1: I don't really see what we have to lose from getting a 23-year-old English centre mid. Like, if you develop that for one or two years, that's already a good amount of money you're but getting I get, in the point. I
2: get that. But you're you're getting a player just for the. I feel like for the sake of getting something from Spurs in this deal, because we're only going to get I don't know. 15, but at the same time, pounds. Sass
1: only has one year in his deal. Like this is. Yeah,
2: but I'd rather just take the 20 million and find players who we want to get in instead of taking I the scapegoats from Spurs.
0: I was thinking about this. I don't think that Fulham will be sacrificing any money
2: to get in. Josh Onama. I don't think it's going to be a case. It's of not sacrificing the money. It's the wages we're paying for a player we don't necessarily want to bring in.
0: Mm.
1: We might want to bring him, in though <laughs> we don't we, know that. The only
2: time he's been linked is be, he's been part of a Cessonion deal. We, um, so I think the problem. The
0: but problem, why would Ful- Fulham wouldn't ask to have Josh Onama just for the whim? Just so yeah, but we- the
2: reports aren't we're asking for Josh Onama. It's asking we're asking for two players, and they're offering Onama and Jordan mm-hmm. and Kudo.
0: Well, then don't take... I, 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 I would definitely day, not
1: taken Gudu. No way. <laughs> no <laughs> if way. Fulham
0: don't want him, then they shouldn't take him. There's, there should be no inclination to take on a I player. Just, I
2: just don't see what he brings apart from... But depth. I trust that
0: Scott Parker should be able to make this decision, very, inf- have a very informed decision on this, since he was part of the Spurs youth set-up.
2: Yeah, it's just every time I've seen Josh him in the championship, I, just, I haven't been impressed with him whatsoever, so I just don't think it's a worthwhile addition to the squad.
3: Realistically speaking, out of the Spurs squad, if a player was to be involved in a deal with Sesayon, who would you want to see from Spurs? Well,
2: obviously we don't want to see Jordan Zincku because he is just the definition of pony. <laughs> and then, and then if you take someone, I don't know. Like I was thinking at the time because when we spoke last week, it was about oh we don't need we got Anguissa in midfield, we're all right for now. We spoke about Cameron Carter-Vickers, mm. the centre back, and I think I'd like to bring him in because it's, I think if we were to take one of the youth players, it would be that you know. I, 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 he's part of their first team plans but if we're if we're going to think about sending him from Spurs you want to look at Skip I know he's definitely in their first team plans but I don't know if Tony Khan can work his magic there
0: the only one for me would be if Kyle Walker beat he there's was, no chance no, Kyle really. was prepared to, to, to take that step down
2: it's not that he's prepared to take that step down he's, he's Spurs have, he's one of Spurs' only right backs left they've got Sergio Aurea and him
0: yeah, but if Spurs got in another right-back, then he well, might suddenly move,
1: be... Well, uh, they supposedly, to...
2: Yeah, I know he right played there for and in Cop yeah. America, but yeah, He yes, might to be me, third choice. Yeah, Kyle Walker-Peters would have been a good option, but he's definitely part of their first-team plans. Well, yeah. And you because know, Spurs' options at full-back is so thin at the moment.
1: There's also um, Marcus Edwards, who I believe had a really good spell in the Eredivisie. a bit of an attitude problem, but he's a talented uh, he, yeah, midfielder he in the he world of a number 2 The talent
2: with Edwards is so clearly there. It's not quite a Ravel Morrison case with him, but he's definitely not maybe not an attitude problem. But there's definitely an issue there, yeah. Because he's, he's promised so much for so long, and yeah. even when he's coming through to you, Frank, so many players saying this is one to watch out for. He's
1: still not someone I'd be, you know, clamoring to go and sign. I mean, the and one again, I is, think he's not the type of midfielder we need to be bringing in. The one player for me would be Carter Vickers. I know will have to be on a permanent because it fills a hole straight away for us at right centre back. So, and I just don't see what we have to lose from, I don't know. I guess a twenty million plus CCV deal. And he was excellent at Swansea last year in a team that had so little squad depth. Yeah. Next to Mike Vanderhoorn, I think it just fills a hole straight away for us.
0: Sounds good to me. I'm 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 on board, Nick. Um, Finally, a quick word on the fact that the Harvey Elliott deal uh, was confirmed yesterday. Really bizarre. Fulham didn't seem to confirm it. He played
2: a game on the Fulham website. The time on. The report says nine thirty yesterday morning. I was like, "That's bollocks," because <laughs> th- it <laughs> was. I was. Sw- you did not say anything. Maybe you know the. I'm not bothered. I couldn't care less that he's gone. Because he played three substitute appearances in three absolutely pointless games, away to Millwall, away to Wolves when we pre, when we were already relegated, and at home to Newcastle when we got battered four nil. So I yeah. couldn't care less about him moving on. He's got the stupidest haircut I've ever seen, and there's not even their comments. Right Would it be
0: improved with a bucket hat?
2: Yes, because <laughs> anything's improved with bucket hat. But not I, I, I'm not bothered Thanks. about him going in the slightest because he's going to Liverpool. We'll get a decent amount of compensation. I've read anything from five to ten million pounds, which isn't. Bad, considering it's a player who realistically would have just been a player to come off the bench as an impact. I don't even season. think he'd have been that.
0: I really, really don't. Well, said he yeah, played in the Carabao Cup, and I and and those perform those games at the end of last season where he played in the Premier League were clearly incentivised to increase his value.
2: that's the only reason. And my whole thing with people saying, or some people saying, he he has some sort of form of loyalty towards Fulham. He only joined the he only joined the academy set up like three or four years ago. He was at QPR before that. So he hasn't got any form of loyalty. So it be like, well, Padre Roberts is a bit of a different case. But he still came from AFC Women. He didn't. He wasn't. He didn't start at Fulham like an, as an eight-year-old. Yeah. He only moved to Fulham when I think he was 12, 13. So these youth players, you know, yes, they're not like Cessignon, who who have come through the club since eight years old. You know, Javier. It's always been a Liverpool fan. Same with Padre Roberts. So I just, I'm not. I'm not bothered at all by him leaving, to be honest. No,
0: I don't. I just, I, I kind of put it in here as a customary, we should mention it. But I just don't think there's any debate to be had. It's, it's, It just is one of those things. And I, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't even go as far to say it's a shame. It's just... If, if we get five to 10 million for him, happy days. For a 15-year-old. Yeah, exactly. So much can happen to a 15-year-old. A 15-year-old could never 16. play a minute... Oh, sorry. I mean, he was 15
2: minutes he played against Millwall. <laughs> All right, okay. he turned 16 now.
0: A 16-year-old, he's still go. got a long old way to start becoming a professional footballer that actually plays proper minutes, especially at. at if you top especially if
2: you're looking at the position he plays in that Liverpool, and where what they strength and depth they've got in that side, I know maybe not depth as such, but he's still got players such as Divock Origi and Jernan Shakiri to play in that interchangeable front three. He's but, getting
0: nowhere near the first team. Yeah, he, he came he's on for half hour him. yesterday
2: because Jurgen Klopp fancy gave him some minutes, but he's come out and said he think maybe a loan deal for him to go out is probably the best thing. I mean, for Andy
0: Lonergan's been getting minutes in pre-season, so there's only so much we need to read into that. Um, right, we have digressed a little bit. We need to move on because we need to discuss Saturday's big opener up at Barnsley. It's coming up next.
2: Hello, Dom here. If you want an extra Fulham audio fix each week, check out the Fulham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio, which is every Wednesday from 9 to 10pm UK time. There's plenty of Fulham discussion and regular interviews with ex-players too. If you can't listen live, just search for Fulham Fan Show in your podcast app of your choice and get it on demand wherever you like.
0: Welcome back to the Fulhamish Podcast. Sammy James here with George Cooper hello nick Mcnee. hello and tom betts hello, hello. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of correspondence uh first email here is from joe m uh he says huge fan of the pod since i discovered last year making me feel like i'm still in fulham uh with much regret my wife and i had to leave the uk due to my visa expiring and not being able to renew um i worked um in chiswick for the rnli best lifeboat station in all the land um I digress. I need your help to put together my fantasy football team to finally beat all my office mates in the UK. Can we help, Joe M?
2: Well, where's Dara? Get him on the line, and then because he's 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 the football fantasy expert. He is the football fantasy Within expert. Fun. But are there any I mean, any don't, secret tips? W- Listen to, to the game week podcast. It probably, probably give you, it probably give, give you more laughs about their jingles more than anything else. But uh, I don't really play fantasy football. So okay, I haven't played for like the last three years. So let's I'm, move on from you. Move on you.
1: In the words of Jose Mourinho, I have nothing to say. I haven't played fantasy football <laughs> like ever. <laughs> George, are you going
2: to make it a hat
0: trick of people that have got no idea? No, about fantasy
3: my, football? my success with fantasy football has always been uh, sort of plagued by my blind loyalty to Fulham. I yeah. w- always include the maximum amount of Fulham players, and it's really not done me any favors. So that's why I would say don't don't be too loyal with fantasy football. You got to check it every week as well, and just yeah, stick at it. If you stick out with office fantasy footballs half the people there just stop doing it after the third week.
0: Yeah. If you are just regular through the rest of the season and don't get too ambitious plus also my only tip and I mean I'm not very good at fantasy football so don't trust me but if you order players by form then you sometimes can get uh, a few good players through that way but I'm terrible at fantasy football so sorry Joe next time that Dara is on the podcast or George Singer because George Singer um, loves a fancy football spreadsheet we will uh, we will endeavor to help uh, the Fulhamish fancy football will still be going I believe uh, we'll put some details out on the Twitter about that this week uh, a couple of quick uh, emails um, from people that think they're unique Fulham fans uh, Harrison Steele hi Fulhamish I think I'm the only Fulham this is so neat <laughs> I'm the only Fulham fan to be on a plane to Perth Australia while we got promoted to the Premier League of 2000 to 2001 season I mean he's yes. probably he's probably not wrong
3: how on earth would he have known because unless he was listening to it on a phone you can't use your phones on airplanes or he found out when he was landing so there would be no celebrations or anything do you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean so he'll have no proof. idea but I'm going to guess that if there was one plane going to, to Perth or whatever that you're probably in with a chance of being the only person uh, finally David Kettlehake. Um, who said um, that I think I'm the only Fulham fan to have written my second novel, which is titled Fever, which includes a few paragraphs in which the protagonist is visiting London and Thames a Fulham match at Craven Cottage. Now, I don't reckon, actually, David, you're the only person to have written two novels that is a Fulham fan. However, I'm more than happy to plug your book. So go check out David's book called Fever. Right. Is
2: Saturday that about the place in Epsom? What?
0: Is there a place the club? F- yeah, the club. <laughs> <in Epsom.
2: laughs> Fever it, and boutique. Is it a good club? I wouldn't no. imagine Epsom's the greatest place for a night no, out. No, you got Boogie Lounge and Fever and Boutique, but I wouldn't go to either.
0: Why do you know so much about Epsom nightlife?
2: It's around a corner for me.
0: It's it's quite far. You live in Morden.
2: Yeah, if I get, if I get, if I get, if I drive, it's like twelve minutes. All right. Ten minutes.
0: Didn't realise it was also connected. Okay, so we need to discuss Barnsley on Saturday, three p.m. at Oakwell. It's the big championship opener. Um, and Dom, good memories from the last time uh, last we were times. at Oakwell.
2: They've both been great. But what we'll happened? Oh, that was the four-two, the four-two, which I saw so little, so little. I think I s- missed shot. three of the goals. Our and six. I just about saw. I nearly missed four, but I was just walking back into the ground when Scott Malone scored. That, was it a cross that went in at yeah. the far post? Yeah. So I sort of just turned my head and saw it uh, dip in. So I, I count on that goal. But <laughs> yeah, um, loads of people miss so many goals because there were so many goals at the, right at the end of the first half. Yeah. And everyone was just in the box. The game was terrible like, up to that point. And then um, yeah. So and then obviously last time, which was you know K Max famous screamer on the touchline and Sessegnon's goal which I don't think anyone re- at down the front really saw no no one
0: saw Sessegnon's goal we saw the net a bundle. sort of
2: ripple and then it just yeah chaos ensued so Barnsley's, al- Barnsley's always good fun um what so I like it. Just cause it's one of those places where the ground is literally in the town centre. What's
0: the name of that three story Weatherspoons? When you get the out, Joseph The Joseph Brahma. I
2: That's it. Very weird layout for a pub. And last it was time, weird. Last time I went in there, all the time before, there was people queuing at the bar in a single file, which is just unacceptable <laughs> Especially etiquette. Especially um, at um,
3: Weatherspoons. Like, yeah, when did I was that like,
2: Mate, I'm just gonna walk straight up to the bar. They said I pushed in. I was like, I'm not pushing in. If you're not gonna <laughs> queue at a bar correctly,
0: fucking full and sad.
3: If you don't
2: know, queue at a bar, then I'm gonna walk shake up to the front when well, so. you say it's an unusual layout
3: describe it to me well, it so, so
2: like when you walk in it's like a it looks like your, your, your generic spoons right. you know just generic mill under the water type spoons But then you don't realise it's got these other floors upstairs which are, which are which are really it's a really weird pub but it's a good pub at the same time very <laughs> weird layout though
0: um, George, how nailed on is it that Corley Woodrow is going to score?
2: Oh, it's written in the stars. You're, surely you, everyone's lumping on him anytime goal scorer.
0: He's going to score. <laughs> He's
3: got I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. When was the last time that happened? Uh, an ex fulham striker scored against us. Every game, it feels like. Yeah, when was the actual, the last one? It must have been...
1: Pavel sure. Pogrebniak? I don't know. He didn't, yeah, did he score <laughs> yeah, against scored against Reading, yeah. In the yeah. first year in the Championship
0: all right we'll we'll go for Bravel if you can um, have a little bit of a Google and let us know the last time that an ex Fulham player scored against us um, do let us know I'm sure it's going to be something really really obvious like in the final game of last season or something like that so uh, do let us know I mean Nick any I'm a bit wary of Barnsley Um, they've made some sensible signings this summer I mean they're the bookies favourites to finish last and I think if you listen to something like not the top 20 I mean they're doing their championship rundown podcast this week I bet you find that Barnsley are nowhere near the bottom 3.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll finish up in the bottom three. They've got an interesting manager in Daniel Stendel, who they brought over from Germany. Um introduced a pretty progressive style of play over there. Uh they've made a lot of signings um mainly between people, you know players aged between 21 and 23. So they've clearly got a model uh, a model over there um, of signing players young and then selling them off expensively. Interesting they lost um Liam Lindsay and uh, to Stoke and Ethan Pinnock to Brentford, who were their centre-back partnership last year and uh, mostly throughout the Championship when they got relegated. So
2: I think Ethan Pinnock's going to be a big loss for them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I think uh, that's also one to wor- worry about because, you know, new centre-back partnerships take a while to form, as we so so very well know. So, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, it's going to be a very interesting game on... Uh, Saturday. Yeah. I mean,
3: they lost the, pretty much their entire defence that uh, only conceded 39 goals last season. So I think it'll be key to see how the new signings integrate. Um, and obviously you've got to factor in a bit of sort of a teething period there. So I, I think we, we we should we should get a um, get a few goals.
0: I, I like to think so. I think it's a really difficult one to call. I think lots of new signings on either side. I think there's only so much you can preview it. Barnsley will have that first game back in the championship feel good fact you imagine it's going to be a bigger attendance than normal up there at oakwell so yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what happens let's move on to some questions uh, we've got about 10 minutes for some of these uh first of all from matt wall let's do a time capsule prediction for top two and playoff winner um and if different where will fulham finish
1: Ooh, I'm going to say...
0: This will be recorded and held for future purposes. Okay, (laughs)
1: Um, so in a court of law, I will go with Cardiff to win it, and I'm going to say West Brom second, and then Fulham via the playoffs.
3: I'm going for Cardiff to win, Fulham second... And then Leeds to finally overthrow their playoff curse That's not and do it. Leeds aren't getting promoted. <laughs> okay. I'm
2: not being. am not being in a world where Leeds are back in the Premier Go on then, Dom. Um, I think winners will be West Brom. I think they'll do very well this season. I'm gonna say Fulham will nick second and going up through the playoffs. Bristol City.
1: Ooh.
0: Okay, so that well, you've you've named two of mine. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go I'm gonna go say it. I'm gonna say Fulham champions. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You've jinxed it. No, I haven't jinxed it. I mean, I have jinxed it, considering my last two things. I didn't mention the fact that uh, I went on Not the Top 20 last week and said that Frank and Geese is going to be a championship player of the season. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I probably have jinxed it. I'm going to say Bristol City second. I think they look really, really strong. And I'm going to say something horrible here
2: brentford, brentford to win the playoffs i think brentford are gonna really push for the top six this season i think they're
0: in it i think there's no doubt brentford are in the top six but
2: i just i just don't know where whether they've got the squad to last a full push for the entire season
0: i wonder if they've got the bottle to do the playoffs that's my only
2: they've done it before but obviously not like a long time it. ago it was so oh, yeah but I, I mean it was only what five seasons ago Four seasons ago?
1: First year we were but Yeah, first down. year down, yeah. yeah.
2: When they had Andre Gray banging in the goals up front. Yeah. Um, but they've lost a legend of the game in Josh McEachran this uh, summer. We've There's reports released.
1: that um, Andre Gray might go to West Brom, and if he goes there, that's a really big problem with for us, at least with them and Kenneth Sahour. Who, mean, isn't, who isn't? Who isn't special? But like, isn't
2: Kenisahor left Cardiff?
1: Yeah, he's gone to West Brom. He's gone West Brom. Yeah,
2: I wasn't sure where he. I saw he left. I wasn't sure where he went. But yeah, if they have a front two of Zahor and Andre Gray, the inside of championships in a world of hell.
1: And also, we've got the m- massive matter of where the hell does Dwight Gale go? Because he yeah. will go somewhere in the championship.
0: Well, yeah, I mean everyone knows that, but. He'll be linked to Fulham for the rest of time. It's a bit like Jason Kumas. Until he retires, Colin he will uh, eternally be linked to Fulham. Um, Mark Moody, if worst came to the worst, Christie or Adoy at right back?
2: Adoy, because Christie can just fuck off.
0: Right, there we go. Um, Nick?
1: Uh, can I say Marlon Fossey? No. Okay, fine. Dennis Adoy. Adoy, Dennis Adoy, every day of the week.
0: I'm going to say Cyrus Christie.
1: You're wrong.
0: Oh, you're total.
2: Just because Jack's would, up here doesn't mean you to back his opinion up here.
0: I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to back the more natural right back. I know Adoy was. He's a not
2: right-back. a natural right back because he's not a natural defender.
0: No, I'm going to back Cyrus Christie is a good championship player and will do a job he's for not us. at a good at in the
2: Vanarama National South.
0: Was he good for us the season we got promoted?
2: Well, we played about two games. he
0: no, he played more than two games.
2: He played about two games.
0: He played nearly every game, at least coming off the bench. Because because Ryan Fredericks couldn't last.
2: No, I, don't, I just, I just don't. Rate him that highly. I think. I don't
0: rate him that highly either, but I would rather him at right back than Dennis Adoy. What's like, your reasoning? Yeah. Because I, I, I was on that right. I mean, I'm saying it's the lesser two evils. I'd rather get in a proper right back, but I don't think exactly that Dennis Adoy is the staple of um, solid, mistakeless defending. He's a fan favourite. He's entertaining. Look, <laughs> would I like to have a coffee with Dennis Adoy at a hipster cafe?
1: Yes. Who would I prefer at right back? Cyrus Christie. <laughs> the issue with Christie for me is he just constantly gets caught out, out of position. Every single time, it's like he's never been taught how to play right back at all. By Dennis Adoy at least has an idea of—it's a vague idea, very small idea, but at least he he's knows pro- how to play. One of my, my main problems right with
2: Chris is obviously positionally, because he, like, I just don't. If he wants to be an overlapping fullback, which we, which we were used to in Championship last time, he doesn't seem to go deep, deep enough down the line. And he seems to stop like halfway and try to whip a ball in from there. I know, but you're not Matt Target, mate. You can't do yeah. that. So I th- yeah I, I, for now I'd rather have a doy but for me I'd rather sign a starting championship right back. I and I don't think we're even
1: going to be playing with overlapping fullbacks this year. I think there's going to be more impetus well, on them sure? to defend. You're sure,
2: more. aren't we with the likes of Ivan um, Cavieira and Antonio, Aren't our wingers going to be going inside? You're going to need those fullbacks going. I think the there's right. going
1: to be more impetus on the wingers to like kind of create. That's why you sound like a knockout, someone who's you know a complete wild card, you know, who can score two goals out of nothing and or create like a cross out of nowhere. Whereas the last you know two seasons we had in the championship, the likes of Aite... Cabano and Cesc were very much finishers more than actual wingers.
0: And there is a question here based slightly on that. It's from Jared Sagar. It said, it was obvious lack of chemistry between Brian and Notkart and Roy Clavelera. Understandable. Um, Jared's asked which flank's got more bonding to do. I'm going to ask which flank do you expect to form a better partnership?
2: I think you've got to look at the left-hand side just because Cyrus Christie's not there. Right. Um, or... <laughs> If you, I think, yeah, I think yeah, Joe Bryan on the left hand side I think the partnership will, will be formed there it'll get better over time but if you're going so to see it right but there's going to be no possible partnership made on the right hand side
1: I actually thought that on Saturday there was already at least a Lisa notable partnership um, going on between Adoy and Knocker that might be just you know language related because obviously they're both Belgian well one's Belgian one's French you know common languages there
0: I think they're both speaking Flemish to each other
1: well, the Belgians speak French, don't they?
0: No, I know they do, but like the, the common middle ground between is, is is Flemish.
1: My mind is actually blown right now. <laughs> no, well, they, not. they speak all sorts Well, of it must be French anyway. Um, yeah. uh, I imagine
0: communication isn't an issue anyway. Yeah,
1: communication is not an issue there. So I think it's already like well-developing, but in terms of which flank I think needs to do it probably a bit more, um, I'd probably say um, the left-hand side a bit more. I know if they need to
2: do it issue more. I do... I, because... I do think that Brian and Caviero will actually work better together than an Adoy or Christie with knockouts So I think the better partnership will actually be done on the left hand side. I think they've both got a lot of work to do, and it what you do need to know, especially with fullbacks with wingers, you need you can't be swapping fullbacks. Like every week, you can't be playing Adoy one week, Chris the next. You have to be playing the same team pretty much every game, just so they can build that partnership. As we saw, you with Target and Sess, and we saw with and whoever played on the right hand side.
0: Uh, this is a quick, more factual question from KicksO says: How many loan spaces in our squad have we got left? How many more loans can we bring in? Currently, it's two.
1: I think you can have three in your, ma- uh, no, sorry, five in, in your, your day squad. squad. So we've got three. Theoretically, left. and you
0: can have as many loans as you
1: want, just only five in the squad. You can theoretically have, I, f- I think that's what the you know the rules dictate. But do we really but want yeah, to do not gonna, that?
2: You're not going to have enough two or three loan players just coming in to not be in a match day squad, exactly. No, no, you're not no, going to have a Rafa
1: Soise and Shea Jojo situation again,
0: yeah. Please, no. Uh, this is a great question. Clint McClendon, uh, what is your favorite FFC season opener you've intended? His uh, 2012 versus Norwich, the 5 0, which I'm going to instantly. Go in and say that's definitely mine. That was a lovely day in the sunshine. If
2: we're talking about the result of the game, no,
0: the game. Let's go to the game.
2: Yeah, I would probably say that that was fun. We were. To- I think it was between us and Swansea for who was top of the league. Yeah, that season. it was. They
3: beat um, whoever they were playing five 0 as well. Yeah, we were jointly at the top with Swansea. I remember.
2: I think we were, up- we were ahead alphabetically at that time because yes, it was we were. The only thing to separate the two of us, and I thought Mladen Petric was going to be a wonder player for that season, but didn't quite come kind of But I thought he he was in that game. I thought he was he was absolutely great. And yeah, I th- I, if, we're t- if we're talking about like, I quite enjoyed, even though it was, the game was terrible, was uh, uh, opening of 14.15 f- when we had Ipswich at the 5.30 kickoff. Because everyone was just absolutely... Wasn't it 12.30? No, it was 5.30 no, it on was, Saturday because yeah. everyone was absolutely battered. <laughs> 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 because it was like first game in the championship away from home, 5.30 Cameron kickoff. Cameron Everyone, started everyone, loads. We Lowsville got to Liverpool Street really early, drank there for a bit, then got the train down to Ipswich. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a fun day out.
0: Um, any uh, other open day, opening days that stand out?
1: I actually quite enjoyed the Newcastle 1-0 win. That was about, what, 7.30, 7.45 kickoff? Yeah, like, that, was, just the first, the right that tem-
0: was the first game of the season as well. Yeah, just the right friend.
1: temperature, you know.
0: Yeah, and that was the sign of be- uh, really great things to come. I would definitely uh, g- agree yeah, with I
2: that. Think, I, I think after that game, I ended up at House Park in Wimbledon, which had a swimming pool in it singing, singing uh, Take Me Home, Head, so...
1: And Ru- Ryan okay. Tannacliffe gave away the most obvious penalty that got completely no called by Simon Hooper. No, ball
2: to hand. Ball to hand. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs>
2: and
0: uh, George?
1: Yeah, I'd have to
3: say, the Norwich game, can't really see past that. Who scored that day? Andy, John- Andy John's got a few, didn't he? No, I think uh, it was no, he was
0: gone by then. Was he gone by there? It was Petrich. Yeah. Petrich scored oh, two. Yeah, Kakamichli was on got his, his first th- ever
1: goal. Um, Steve Sidwell scored a penalty, I believe, yeah. and the last. In the uh, with the last kick of a the game.
0: There's a couple going back, rolling back the years. I think there was a 3-2 win over Middlesbrough um, a long time ago, which uh, stands out in the memory. And of course, um, for any of you that were Fulham fans back then, it, it wasn't a win, but there was the 3-2 at Old Trafford, which mm. uh, Louis Sahar scored, was that the, uh, was that
2: the opening game? Yeah, I was
3: going to mention that,
0: but I didn't think yeah, it, was it was the opening, opening game. This game. We, did, we, went one, we went one nil up and two one up, and then um, Ruben Nistori scored two,
2: yeah, because I think that that was the I want to say it's the first time, was it the first one? I went to Old Trafford? I just feel like I've been to Old Trafford so many times, they've all sort of blended into one, yeah. sort of trip, but yeah, that was, yeah, but I think yeah, result wise, I'll go with yeah, Norwich, but um, <laughs> day out, you've got to go, got to go with it's just because of that. that train back was just absolute chaos
0: uh, final question here which I'm going to take a stab at answering that I don't really know the answer from Nathan Mac said have you heard anything regarding Fulham FC TV for the upcoming season the website has nothing as of today and as an overseas fan I'm curious what the cost will be um, I have no idea I think that there will be some sort of service well, I it, think that the, the EFL all EFL clubs have to provide yeah, either through the EFL they,
2: they go with the I follow yes. or they decide to offer their own which I they, th- they did last time
0: I think Fulham like to do it themselves um, if they can. There's an interesting one this season that in the championship. All um, evening kickoffs are available on the red button on Sky. Yeah, to watch on Sky. So, for instance, our Millwall game will be on TV. So it may be easier to pick up streams and and things like that for for midweek games. But. Um, yeah I have no I mean, idea they always, seem, they always it, seem to
2: as it stands half our games for the first six weeks of the season are on TV anyway yeah
0: it it always these things always get announced at the uh, very last second Nathan so I imagine there'll be something up their sleeve for, for Barnsley but okay. it is a shame that they always decide to leave it to the last second because it does make it difficult for those overseas supporters who have no other real way of following I mean there's always uh, there's always uh, Jim and Jamie
3: <laughs> at uh, a uni I was listening to uh gentleman Jim with my mate who's a Nottingham Forest fan and he he, didn't re- he just thought it was Five Live or something. He didn't realise that it was like a Fulham-sponsored uh, radio show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was like, oh, this commentator's a bit one-sided. And I was like, yeah, that's gentlemanship. Yeah, that is very much gentlemanship." Um, for you. The fella, like he should get in touch with the, the um, information at the club, the press office or something. I'm sure they'll get back to him.
2: I imagine at the moment it will be like be... we're working on it yeah I, 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 I was going to say <laughs> well, that. it starts on Saturday day, mate yeah. so I, want you to, I think you might want to hurry up with that. <laughs> um,
0: right that is all for the Fulhamish podcast today um, loads to get through um, we haven't had uh, an opposition fan on today's podcast but uh, Don assures me that there's going to be a Barnsley fan uh, during the Fulham fans show on Love Sports on Wednesday night from 9 yeah from
2: 9pm if you can't catch it uh, the podcast will be up on Thursday morning
0: yes indeed and then from next week we'll be fully in into doing Fulhamish Extras. So there'll be two podcasts a week starting from next week. And lovely little bit of content going up on the Fulhamish website tomorrow because Tuesday the 30th of July marks 10 years since Fulham's Europa League run started back in 2009-2010. We were away at FK Vetra in Lithuania. Um, So there's an article that's been written uh, by Johnny Smith. Uh, A really beautiful recount of the day and there's some great photos as well that we've been um, provided by John Hall. Hall, which is going to be on the website as well so do check out that as well we're going to be really uh, honing in uh, on the Europa League 10 year anniversary this season and we're going to have different articles uh, recounting all of the 10 different away trips from that year right uh, we just need to name the podcast George Cooper I'm going to hand you the baton of honour should go with Zutalor Zambo Zutalor Zutalor Zambo <laughs> um, oh god it's so painful I'm really upset about Zanguis so i so I'm not bothered well, <laughs> that's why you're like, zootalo Zambo. It's like a celebration for you and for me. It's like zootalo. Okay, right. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. We will be back next week. George Cooper, thank you very much. Thank you, Sammy. Nick Mcnee, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Don Betts. It's all right. I'm not going to be keeping up too much with the Fulham game this weekend because it's my stag do. Um, Hello. What, yep. what, what you got planned? I have absolutely no idea where I'm going. I have absolutely no idea what's happening.
2: Be honest, you you do somehow end up at Barnsley away.
0: I would love it if it somehow <laughs> ended up at Barnsley away you I might told be the mascot. I told the
3: best man.
2: <laughs> oh, that would be so good. I would love that. Oh, that would
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be brilliant. No, I'll probably be the mascot at a game that, that's not Fulham Barnsley, knowing no my mates. Right, I'll probably be down at like Torquay or something like that. But yeah,
3: is the, is the best man in charge of proceedings, uh, sort of prankster.
0: Um, no, I think it's going to be quite. I, I, I don't think it's going to be too brutal, but I have. I honestly have no idea what's happening. Um, I told him, I said, "Don't do it in the football season," and he looked at the Premier League fixtures. Hence, why it's on this weekend because he thought, "Oh, this is really clever. I'm going to put it the weekend before the um, before the season starts." So I was like, "No, that's that's the weekend the season does start." <laughs> um, so, hence why my stag do um, is. Uh, okay.
3: I reckon he's done that to throw you off the scent and uh, this time next week we'll be looking at images of you dressed in a Fulham shirt holding hands Hold with Tom, Tom, hats, hands. He Tom <laughs>
0: uh, oh do you know what actually I do think is a likelihood is my brother has helped organise the stag and my brother is a Chelsea fan and it's it's a horrible affliction on my family I feel like you
2: not been disowned yet
0: well, he has been disowned in lots of ways I, I I, feel like some sort of Chelsea memorabilia will end up on my person and I'm going to be fuming about it so I'm just apologising in advance
3: ok well we look forward to uh, hearing all about it next time mate well, yeah.
0: best if, of luck if I'm not here next Monday you know what's happened thank you very much for listening we'll see you soon take care bye bye
2: lighters